Capoa Dan Tortora with fantasy football coverage in Fantasy Football in Focus, our weekly segment that we bring to you. We've had some time off for the holidays, but we are back here for our Wednesday weekly Fantasy Football in Focus segment, proudly presented by the fantastic team at the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Make sure you head out to the Wildcat seven days a week. They are open for you. And, of course, they're open for lunch, dinner, and drinks. Make sure, as always, you drink responsibly. They have a fantastic opportunity for you to reserve their private room, which has an awesome stage. It's the stage that we're on whenever we do our shows at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So you can come and see us over at the stage every single month. And, of course, see the West Genesee Wildcats all throughout the year. We love being on stage at the Wildcat Sports Pub. You can get that private dining area for yourself. We're going to have that private area, that private room with the stage and the screen and everything uh, coming up. We're going to have the opportunity to be there on January 25th for our next uh, GG Cards and Breaks trade night that's going to be happening after for us to jump right into the fantasy football cover. It's that thing called life. So let's get into it. As you all know, our fantasy football coverage comes to you uh, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, starting with the Thursday night games. When there are Thursday night games, we start with Thursday and we come all the way through. So we go from uh, if you're if you're looking at the show saying all right where is Dan going to be located you know if I'm talking about the Jets at Cleveland we've just begun and every other game is coming up if I'm talking about New Orleans at Tampa you know that we spoke about Arizona Philly and everything before that already and coming up next is San Francisco at Washington so I tell you that just so that you know if you're looking for a certain game a certain team you'll be able to kind of know where we are in the video and you can go to that game if you got to make a quick decision. So make sure that uh, that you hang out with us every single week. And of course, you can listen and watch these back on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. So thanks for being with us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Let's get started with the first game on the docket, which is our Thursday night football game, the Jets at Cleveland. Not a game that's getting everybody all rah-rah and excited and ready to go, right? Deshaun Watson's out, and the Jets are out of the playoffs. So, I mean, the the Browns, I got to hand it to them. The Browns haven't had themselves a terrible season. They've been able to do some good things and navigate through having a bunch of different quarterbacks. So there's been some positives there for the Cleveland Browns. But ultimately, uh, this Browns team... Uh, without their starting quarterback, uh, they are 10 and 5. And and this is a playoff caliber team where the Jets are not. So uh, the Jets are going to be hanging out at home this season after after week 18. And uh, taking a look at the Jets, I mean, who do I think you should play for the Jets? If you want to flex out as a running back three, Brees Hall, feel free to do that. If you want to throw out Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver three or four, you can look to that too. Both of these guys have been able to get some things done despite the fact of having changes in quarterbacks and being on a team that struggled to score points at times. 
they've been able to do some good things. But, you know, ultimately, I, I don't see them as more than uh, than a three, so to speak. I mean, the Jets did beat the Commanders recently. The Commanders struggle to beat literally genuinely anyone but themselves for the most part. But Brees Hall had a couple touchdowns on the ground. He also had 12 receptions on 16 targets for 96 yards. If you were in PPR or in a hybrid, like I have in my league where we have PPR and a standard scoring, so essentially I give you a lot of opportunities to score. Uh, when you look at that, he would have had 12 points because he gets one point per reception. Then you get a point for every 10 yards, so you would have had at least nine points there. So that's 12 points plus nine. That's 21 points. Then he scored twice, and those are six apiece. So that's 12. So at bare minimum, or, well, no, so let me put all this together. So if he has 21 and 12, that would have been 33. And then he had 95 yards rushing, and you get ten. You get a, a one point for every 10 yards rushing as well. So that's at least another nine points. So Brees Hall this past week against the Commanders would have gotten you in my league's bare minimum 42 points. So uh, Brees is worth the play. Garrett Wilson, again, PPR, nine catches, 15 targets, 76 yards. So I think they're both worth the play for sure. Uh, you know, I think Brees Hall is the, the biggest bright spot. The only reason why I call him a running back three is because of this offense kind of, you know, being up and down and around the corner. So if it was up to me, I would, uh, I would definitely uh, put him in a place where I would say safely that uh, that you can put, you know, you can, I would put him out there on my team. I just wouldn't want to rely on him as my number one or my number two guy, but I think you can definitely uh, put him out there and, and get some points from him. He had a really good week, like I said, recently here. So I think Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are by far your best bets for the New York Jets. On the other side of it with the Cleveland Browns, uh, looking at the Browns, like I said, the Browns, I mean, we're looking at a playoff team right? We're looking at a team that has a lot of good things going for them. They don't have their starting quarterback. They've proven that they didn't need to have Deshaun Watson. Joe Flacco has been filling in really nicely. I think it's kind of ironic and and uh, this story that continues to be told, which is, you know, the Browns became the Ravens and then the Browns got a new franchise and people that played for the Browns end up playing for the Ravens and the Ravens with the Browns, like a Joe Flacco, who was a Baltimore Raven. And now he is a Cleveland Brown. He's been doing pretty well. He's playing up against the Jets defense. So I have him as a low end one, high end two at quarterback. Jerome Ford with everybody else hurt here, except for Pierre Strong. I would look for Jerome Ford to be a running back two uh, for you this week. Amari Cooper, I have him as a low end one, high end two at receiver. Uh, Elijah Moore, I, I've never been sold on, so really it would be Amari Cooper bust. And David Njoku, I have him as a, a tight end one. That That's a guy that you could put out there because he's got Joe Flacco. Again, here's Joe Flacco doing good things, continuing to be disrespected and underappreciated and underrepresented You know, when it comes to the fact that this guy has – he did a good job in Baltimore. I stood behind him in Baltimore. I, you know, I believe that they would make the playoffs, and they did right away with Joe Flacco. I mean, he got them to a Super Bowl, for goodness sakes. And, I mean, you look at all the work that he's done with the Baltimore Ravens, and now to, to come back and to have an opportunity to be on the field again and, and look at what he's doing immediately for this Cleveland Browns team. So I do find the value in Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Jerome Ford. I think David Njoku has 
built his value up this season, which is great to see because he was one of the guys that you kind of were hoping was going to show up at some point. You know, people draft him over these last few years, expecting him to do some things, and he's been rather quiet, but to he's also played with a bunch of different quarterbacks. But to see him get to a place where, you know, they're utilizing him and we're hearing his name and we're seeing him out there do some good things, you know, it's it's nice to see for David Njoku because he he is talented. You know, and and the question in the past was, is he going to stay on this team if they continue to underutilize him, you know, a la Kyle Pitts, right? So, you know, David Njoku seems to be having maybe the best part of his career in the NFL right now. And that's that's obviously awesome. So uh, I think David Njoku holds some value as well for this fantasy football week between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. The next game that we have up and feel free to send in your questions. If you have questions for me, you can send them into the show. You can send them to any of our channels that you're watching and listening on right now. So make sure you shoot off your messages to us, youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. So however you're connected with the show worldwide, make sure you send off your questions to us, and we'll be happy to answer those questions as we go about our broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of this Fantasy Football and Focus, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the perfect place to watch all your games on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. And if you're going to be home for the game, well, you can call them for takeout or delivery by calling 315-487-2222. That's 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat. Let him know the wake-up call sent you. We got one game on Saturday here. This is kind of interesting. We've had a bunch of Saturday games over these last couple weeks during the holiday season, and now we're going to have another Saturday game, which happens to be against the two teams that always play at home on Thanksgiving, the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. Detroit will be playing at Dallas. Dallas has played one heck of a schedule. Dallas has honestly had like the most arguably, I mean, I would, when you look at their schedule, you say, okay, they played the 49ers on the road. They played the Eagles on the road. I mean, they play the Eagles every season. They played them on the road and at home. They played up against the Seahawks at home in Dallas, which was good, better than playing them on the road. They played at the Bills, at the Dolphins. They got the Lions. So they've, they've definitely had to run a gamut here. These last few weeks when it comes to the Seahawks, the Eagles, again, the Bills, the Dolphins, and now the Lions, if, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. We know that that's going to happen. They are behind Philadelphia, though, who's now 11 and four, and the Cowboys are 10 and five. The Cowboys were leading the division. Now they're behind in the division, and they would need some help from Philadelphia here. Uh, The Cowboys would have to beat the Lions and the Commanders. Philadelphia has the Cardinals and the Giants to end the season. So they have a more favorable ending to their regular season. We'll see how things shake out, though. These divisional games, sometimes somebody likes to play spoiler. So we'll see what happens. But the Cowboys have definitely, like I said, had a tough schedule down the road. The Detroit Lions, who are 11 and 4, I think arguably could have a better record. They've lost to the Seahawks at home which the Cowboys beat the Seahawks at home. They lost to the Ravens, got blown out on the road, lost to the Packers in a close game, lost by a touchdown 
at home and lost to the Bears on the road. I always, you know, I say to you all the time, it doesn't matter what the record is. When teams play each other in division, when rivals play each other, you never know what's going to happen because it's a rivalry game. And, you know, those games just seem to be played differently. And the Bears gave them hell when they played the Bears at home, speaking on the Lions. And then when they played in Chicago, the Bears beat them by 15. So, you know, and this is a Bears team that hasn't been that great. But they were good enough to take down their rival Lions. So uh, looking at the rest of the season at the Cowboys and the Vikings for the Detroit Lions. So let's take a look at the fantasy value that comes up in this game. There's a bunch and it's on both sides for this matchup. So starting with Detroit as they are the road team. Uh, Jared Goff, I'm putting him up uh, against the Cowboys defense. We know the Cowboys defense can do some good things here. I'm going to go ahead and say that Jared Goff is a, I'm going to put him as a lower, lower end one, mid to low range one at quarterback this week. I like David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. They're, they're both worth the play. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I like a sneaky wide receiver three for Jamison Williams. I like Sam Laporta as a tight end one. On the other side, Dak Prescott, I got him as a as a QB1. I have him ranked a little bit higher than Jared Goff. Tony Pollard, I have him out there as a running back one. C.D. Lamb is a QB1, or a wide receiver one, pardon me. Jake Ferguson, I have him as a mid-range tight end one. I do like what he's done over the weeks here. Brandon Cooks, I would say, is a wide receiver three. I would look at look at that as a potential wide receiver three. The problem with Dallas and, and Detroit is that they're both, they both seem to be pretty darn good teams and teams that could vie to win the Super Bowl this year. However, they've had moments where they don't look good. They've had moments where they are not the best. And I just, I, I've been, I've been kind of baffled by how they're, how they've played because it's it's been wonderful at times and it's been like okay these guys can do it these guys are going to have an opportunity to go to the playoffs win a super bowl and then you look at them and you say wow that was an awful game you know they struggled to score points we look at the cowboys against the miami dolphins right and they were struggling to score again and then there's other weeks where dallas has no issues scoring and then dallas beats really good teams and then you turn around and look at dallas and say did Dallas literally just lose to the Arizona Cardinals? So, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions have both lost to teams that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. And at the same time, they they bounce back, right? And the question is, is are they going to do enough and put themselves in a good enough position? And when they do get into the playoffs, are you know, you can't bounce back, right? If you're out, you're out. If you're done, you're done. There's no way that you could say, oh, we had a bad week, so we'll bounce back next week. So consistency is key with both of these teams as we step forward. But I think there's a lot of fantasy value on both sides for these teams. I would say that playing a Lions, you know, playing the Lions that I told you, playing the, the Cowboys that I told you, you're going to get points from these guys. Eventually, somebody's going to do something. And I would like to hope that this is a game where we could see a lot of scoring. This is definitely an exciting game for me, a game that I look forward to, a game that I can't wait to see because of the fact that I think that there's a lot of fantasy value that's going to be coming from both of these teams here as they uh, head into this second to last game of the regular season. So I'm absolutely looking forward to it. 
and I hope that you are too. Next game that we have up here, and that was a game on Saturday. If you have a question, make sure you send it in. Uh, all the rest of the games are on Sunday. Besides Thursday night and Saturday night football, the rest of the games are on Sunday. There's no Monday night football. There is a Sunday night football game. There's three games at 4 o'clock, which is typical. There's Sunday night football at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time, and the rest of the games are at 1 o'clock. It's going to start off in our conversation with New England at Buffalo. So let's jump right into that. The New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Let's go to the New England Patriots first here. Not a lot to write home about, you know, consistently for the Patriots, but darn it all if they're not winning some games down the stretch here. Bailey Zappi hasn't looked that bad. Do I think you should play him in this game? No. But, uh, you know, looking at the the rest of the guys here, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is questionable. Hunter Henry, who's been a huge bright spot, he's questionable with a knee injury. God willing, he'll be okay. Uh, Devontae Parker's done some things. If you want a possession receiver, look at Devontae Parker. You know, you could you could put him out there as a wide receiver three or four, flex him out. Uh, Hunter Henry, if he's okay to go, then I would look at putting him out there as well. On the Bills side of things, Josh Allen, James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid. I say yes out of all, you know, for all of them. But, you know, we look at the fact that Dawson Knox being back with Dalton Kincaid can affect that a little bit. So that lowers. I mean, I think they're both arguably tight end ones, but I have them both as lower range tight end ones because of the fact that they're sharing time. Next one up, we have Atlanta at Chicago. ATL living, freak nasty is what I'm given. And uh, that is not my quote. That is a quote from a song. And if you know, you know, uh, my juice is sweet like Georgia peaches. What? It, where is that from? You should know that song. So... <laughs> It's, yeah, I put my hand up on your hip. When you dip, I dip, we dip. Yeah, yep, that's what it is. That's where it's from. Okay. I don't know why I thought about it today, but I did. So Atlanta, <laughs> I never know what's going to, I honestly never know what's going to come out of my mouth. So how can you know? The Atlanta Falcons are coming up next here, and they're going to be playing on the road at the Chicago Bears. Let's take a look at Hot Atlanta and their most recent win over the Colts, 29 to 10. They did a good job against Gardner Minshew and company. Taylor Heineke threw one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Bijan got involved on the ground. So did Tyler Algier. Algier got in the end zone. Uh, Kyle Pitts got in the end zone. Bijan led the team in receiving yards. So there's a lot of good that comes from here. Taylor Heineke is going to continue to be the quarterback. I got Bijan as a running back. Mm, I got him as a low end one, high end two. I have Tyler Algier as a flex, uh, low end two, high end three at running back. Uh, Drake London, uh, you know, mm, you know, maybe a wide receiver three or four, a flex out for sure. And then I would say Kyle Pitts is worth the start. Every quarterback has their guy and Taylor Heineke went to him in the end zone. So it was great to see that and uh, definitely give him that as well. So I would look to that and uh, look to Kyle Pitts to go out there. I still have him as a tight end one. Justin Fields on the other side, he creates a lot of value, right, because of the fact that he does so many things, and he's not really the guy that's going to be giving up on a, on a play. He's going to be moving around with his legs and whatnot. If we look at their uh, most recent game, which is a win over the Cardinals at home, granted it was the Cardinals, but he was 15 of 27, 170 yards, and on the ground he had 97 yards and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert 
got involved in a big way too. 112 yards on the ground, 20 carries, 5.6 yards a carry and a touchdown. Cole Komet got over 100 yards, which was huge to see. The closest receiver to Cole Komet, who's a tight end, had 18 yards, and that's DJ Moore. So, little insane on that part. The Chicago Bears, you know, they're playing the Atlanta Falcons, so I have Justin Fields as a QB1 this week. I have Khalil Herbert as an RB2, and I'd like to see more consistency, but I have him as an RB2. Cole Komet is hurt at the moment. He's questionable with a knee injury. If he's able to go, then put him out there. Robert Tanyan, a former Packer, and Mercedes Lewis, a former Packer, and Jacksonville Jaguar, both on the team if they need somebody else. But I do like uh, Cole Komet if he's able to go. Not really sold on any of the receivers in Chi-Town because they're not consistent. Las Vegas at Indy. So uh, here's another team that Indy gets to face off against. Indy has had the opportunity to take the division from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they keep losing at the most inopportune time. I said Jacksonville is winning the division because Houston and Indy are losing. It's not a good situation to be in. I mean, it's better than being on the other side of it. But at the same time, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you'd like to see the Jaguars actually win their games instead of just hoping that everybody else loses their games. So uh, looking at the Raiders in this one, the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, you know, I mean, this one's on the road. It's at Indy. I got him as a QB, too. Uh, Josh Jacobs is injured right now with a quad injury. Hopefully he'll be able to go. If not, then Zamir White steps up and Amir Abdullah. Zamir White, I would say, is not a bad play for you. They're playing Indy. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, you got the leading tackler, who is a former Syracuse player, Zaire Franklin, leading tackler in the nation. So I would say Zamir White to me is an RB3, low end two, high end three. Devontae Adams is worth the play, in my opinion. Uh, I would have him as a wide receiver two. And. Outside of that, I'd probably stay away. On the other side of it, for the Indianapolis Colts, I have Gardner still as a QB, too, but I like some things he's done. I have Jonathan Taylor as an RB1. They're playing Vegas. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is questionable with a concussion. If he's able to go, then I would put put him out there. If not, then Alec Pierce gets some more value in Josh Downs. I would flex either one of those guys out. I don't see either one of them right now as a dominant one to put in your one or two at wide receiver. Los Angeles Rams and the uh, New York Giants, who have benched Tommy DeVito, and now uh, they're going to go to Tyrod Taylor. So uh, it's amazing how Tommy DeVito can help you get three straight victories. I mean, and the team itself. I mean, the team banded together and worked together with Tommy to get three straight victories, and then they bench him. So they're out of the playoffs. They're five and ten. The Rams are trying to make the playoffs at eight and seven. Matty Stafford in this game, I'm, I don't feel really great about the Giants defense. So I got Matt Stafford as a QB one. And I would say uh, Kyron Williams, who who I'd like to watch, I'd like to see this season. I mean, he's done a tremendous job. I have him as an RB one this week. I have Cooper Cup as a wide receiver one still, Puka Nakua. I have them both worth the play and, you know, to put in your wide receiver one or two. They're playing the Giants as well. Tyler Higby. I have him here as a uh, tight end one this week. And then for the Giants side of things, uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, give or take. I, I got him as a running back, too. I mean, this this Giants team, it's hard because they've had moments, right? They've had some moments, but that's, you know, it, they're okay. 
but they're not going to the playoffs. I mean, he did get involved on the ground, 23 carries, 3.5 yards of carry, 80 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he caught three passes as well. I still have Saquon. I got him. At, you know what? I mean, oh, they're playing against the. I would probably say he's an RB2 this week. I'd put him as an RB2 comfortably. Outside of that, Darius Slayton has gotten involved. I mean, you're changing up quarterbacks again. So I, I guess I would flex out Slayton as a three or four. That's probably where I'd have him for this week. The next game up, Arizona at Philadelphia, the battle for the nest. Cardinals versus the Eagles. And let's see, you know, will Philadelphia play Arizona the way that Dallas played Arizona? Or will Philadelphia uh, continue to be on the right side of things? You know, Philly has struggled as of late, and yet they still have the division. They're 11-4. and four. They got back to the winning side of things when they beat the Giants at home 33-25 to 25 after losing three games in a row to good teams, the Niners at home, at the Cowboys, and at the Seahawks. So this game against uh, Arizona, I want to take a look at Kyler Murray and where Kyler Murray's been at lately. Uh, Kyler Murray was out for the majority of the beginning of this season. We're happy to see him back and doing well. And uh, most recently here, Kyler Murray had 24-38, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, five carries for 32 yards, 6.4 yards a carry. I mean, they're playing Philadelphia. I don't feel great about Kyler Murray in this game. James Conner got involved out of the backfield. Caught all five passes thrown his way, including one for a touchdown. Greg Dorsch had a touchdown as well, the tight end. So that's another piece here to take. Or pardon me, wide receiver Greg Dorsch, uh, third season out of Wake Forest. The tight end Trey McBride uh, also got involved. He had six catches on eight targets, uh, 31 yards there. So some good PPR stuff. The ball did get spread out by Kyler Murray. So that's a good thing to see. I mean, in this game at Philadelphia, I got Kyler Murray as a low-end one, high-end two at quarterback. I have James Conner, who's back here now. Uh, I would put him as a running back two because of the fact that he gets involved in a lot of different ways and catching balls, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield and getting involved on the ground, of course. So I put him there. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown is questionable with a heel injury. Hopefully, he's okay to go. Uh, outside of that, Greg Dorsch, if you have to put in somebody for an injured player, you got to pick somebody up on the waiver wire or free agency. You might want to flex him out as a wide receiver three or four. Uh, Michael Wilson, every quarterback has their guy. He's he's we didn't see a lot from him. He didn't catch a pass in this last game. Four targets thrown his way, though. So, I mean, he's another guy you could flex out. Trey McBride, I have him as a tight end two this week. On the other side of it, Jalen Hurts. I have Hurts as a one. And a uh, QB1, I have DeAndre Swift as an RB1, Kenneth Gainwell as uh, flex out running back, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, both worth the play. Dallas Goddard's back. He's worth the play as well. He had seven grabs recently here. So next one up before we take a step aside, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. That once again, this is fantasy football in focus for the 2023-24 season. If you need advice on your fantasy football team, feel free to send it in to any one of the channels you're watching worldwide and listening to YouTube.com and Facebook.com, both backslash DT and on WakeUpCallDT.Podbean.com. So we'll head to New Orleans uh, first for their team as they are on the road at Tampa. Alvin Kamara is worth the play. I got him as an RB2. I have Chris Alave out there as well. Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill. Now, Taysom Hill is the true flex, right? He's the true definition of a flex player 
in today's fantasy football. Jawan Johnson, though, he's a good tight end. It's just do they use him enough? Do they go to him enough? Do they trust him enough? I trust him. I like him. But do they use him uh, enough? And uh, they threw seven balls his way most recently. Four of them he caught. He got a touchdown. He had 48 yards. That was good to see. Alave had over 120 yards. Rashid Shahid had uh, 70 yards and a touchdown, five catches, nine targets. Kamara only had 19 yards on the ground and a just gross performance on the road at the Rams for the rushing attack. So, I mean, for me with New Orleans, Kamara, like I said, I got him as a two. Alave is is worth the play. Rashid Shahid, I, I look to him as a wide receiver three this week. Juwan Johnson, I do have him as a mid-range one. I don't think he's a bad tight end one to put out there. They are going to Tampa, and Tampa does do some good things defensively. On Tampa's side of it, Baker Mayfield, not a bad play in this one. I got him as a low-end one, high-end two at quarterback. I got Rashad White is worth the play. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin worth putting out there as well. There's a lot of talent in this game for both of these teams, and let's face it, this is a division, I called it the worst division in football going into the season, and they have not really disappointed with that. I mean, maybe the AFC South can fight with them a little bit on this, but in the NFC South, as we look at these teams right now in the standings, in the NFC South, they have uh, one team with a winning record. Tampa's 8-7, and seven. Atlanta and New Orleans are 7-8, and eight, and Carolina's 2-13. and 13. So... Not fantastic. In the AFC South, Jacksonville's eight and seven, Indian Houston are eight and seven, and Tennessee's five and ten. So, you know, a bit better there. But, you know, teams just barely above five hundred. So we shall see. Uh, we did get a message that came in here from uh Dresden. Uh, Dristin. So Dristin, uh, thanks for sending off your message here to us. Uh Dristin, while you're here, make sure that you uh, hit that hit that uh subscribe and notification bell. And we would appreciate that. So make sure you subscribe and hit our notification bell so that you can connect with Wake Up Call all the time. And let us know where you're from so we can give you a little shout out for wherever you're from. So happy to do that. A question that came in here. We have Elvin Kamara, Devin Singletary, Josh Jacobs, Keenan Allen, Gabe Davis, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman. Who should I sit? Well, you got to let me know uh, how many you can play and how many you can sit. So, Dristin, thank you for the question. Let me know who, you, how many you could play at each position so that I can tell you who to sit here because, I mean, I could tell you to sit a couple people. Uh, Michael Pittman might be worth sitting depending on how he comes out of the concussion protocol or if he stays in the concussion protocol. Josh Jacobs is hurt right now. So, you know, there's, there's different people to tell you to sit here. But definitely uh, let me know what your roster looks like. Who do you have to start? Is it like two wide receivers? Is it three? So that I can uh, I can tell you that. So you said, who should you sit? Let me know uh, how many play and how many sit by position. And then I can answer that question a little bit better. I do appreciate the question and uh, happy to answer it. Once you send me over the, uh, the info here, happy to answer that question. Uh, next game up here, San Francisco at Washington. We're going to head to that after the break. So, Dristin, let's see here. Two wide receivers, two running backs, and one flex. Okay, so let's answer your question uh, before the break here. So, I would say uh, two running backs. Hmm. So, I would play... Hmm. Huh. That's a good question. I would play 
as of right now, because of Josh Jacobs injury, I would play Camara and Singletary as of right now. And then just monitor Jacobs and then two wide receivers. Who would I tell you to play? I would tell you to play Debo. And I would say Debo and Jamar Chase. And then one flex. The flex I would tell you to play would be, let me see here. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen's been out due to injury. So, that's another one that, I mean, I would play him if he if he is healthy. I'm just doing a little check on the update here to see if I get any news. He's still questionable with a heel injury. So, I would say as of right now, Driston, I would say Alvin Kamara, Devin Singletary, monitor Josh Jacobs. Then I would say Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, and monitor Keenan Allen and Michael Pittman. If Michael Pittman and Keenan Allen stay on the injury report, then I would play Gabe Davis as your flex is what I would say. So thank you for the question. Feel free to shoot us other questions while you're here and tell your family, friends, coworkers, and colleagues to go ahead and find us here on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt and to subscribe. Big time thanks to you, Driston. Let us know where you're from so we can shout out your hometown. We're going to take a step aside for a fast break. Absolutely happy to help you, man. So let us know where you're from. We'll give you a shout out. We'll be back right after this on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's Fantasy Football and Focus, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or iced milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelage, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. GG Cards and Breaks. Like, comments, and subscribe. GG Cards and Breaks, the perfect place to go out and get 
your favorite players and collect your teams. They are the only sports card place that I know that has every MLB, NFL, and NBA team. Each of them has their own box right there on the back wall at GG Cards and Breaks. You can go out there, pick your favorite team, take the box out, see what you could find. And these aren't just base cards, folks. These are You'll find some autographs in there, some patch cards, relic cards, as well as some you know, really awesome rookie cards and all different uh, pieces of history when it comes to the teams that they have there, GG Cards and Breaks. So make sure you go and check out your favorite team today. You can get singles. There's graded cards as well as packs and boxes. So you can try and see how well you could do with their awesome packs and boxes. I pulled some great things from GG Cards and Breaks. I know other people have as well. Some people have shared their Christmas pulls. So make sure you get out there. They're open seven days a week. And on Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sundays from 10 to 5 on 639 Delmar Place in Syracuse, New York, right off of Teal Ave. Same hobby, new memories. If you want to jump into the sports card collecting world and trading cards in general, as they do have Pokemon and the new Disney Lorcana, if you want to enjoy that, you can go to GG Cards and Breaks. And if you've been a collector for a really long time and you want to continue that love for collecting cards. Maybe you want to bring your kids and share it with them. Maybe you want to share it with somebody else in your family, a friend, your significant other. GG Cards and Breaks, a perfect place to go to. And we're going to have a trade night this week. So we'd love to see you out there for that. GG Cards and Breaks, 639 Delmar Place in Syracuse, New York. Head out there today and let them know that DT sent you, or you can say wake up call. With that being said, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor. I want to give a big shout out to Driston, who has subscribed to us. Yet another wonderful subscriber here on our YouTube channel. You could subscribe by going to youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt or by going to YouTube and searching at wakeupcalldt. Driston is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So a shout out to you, Driston, as well as to your family. A Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays to you and your loved ones. And a big time shout out to a city that I had a wonderful time in, the last time I got to visit, it was really, really uh, an amazing experience. So a big time shout out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and to Brew. I think it's called Brew Works, the, the really uh, interesting uh, restaurants and, and bar that they have there in Pittsburgh. So I appreciate the experience and the time. Loved going out to see the uh, Steelers face off against my Jaguars. So shout out to you, Dristin, to your family. Merry Christmas, happy holidays and a very happy new year. And a shout out to Pittsburgh. And uh, I know there's many Pittsburgh fans that are all over the place. So a shout out to all you Pittsburgh fans, wherever you may be and whoever you're cheering for. With that being said, let's continue the conversation here. Uh, San Francisco at Washington. Wow, are these teams moving in two totally different directions. San Francisco moving toward being the number one team in the NFC, Washington moving toward the top three NFL draft picks in 2024. Uh, Brock Purdy is questionable with a neck injury. Hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, Sam Darnold's on the team right now, and he took over late in the game. He could play in this game because Washington isn't as big of a threat. So if I'm looking at this and I'm playing chess and not checkers, I could really you know see this game of San Francisco saying, Let's let Brock sit another week. Let's let, let, let him relax, let him get better, get back to as close to 100% as he can get, and let's go ahead and play somebody else, right? Let's We're going to be playing this game against Washington. Might as well put Sam Darnold out there and see what he can do. So, you know, just monitor that, watch it. Christian McCaffrey is still worth the play. So is Debo Samuel. 
uh, George Kittle, because whoever plays, uh, typically the backup will go to the running back into the tight end. Debo is a jack of all trades, so he got a bunch of talent there. Brandon Ayuk, I'd look to put him out there as uh, as a flex, in my opinion, as of right now. Uh, I would put him out there in the in the flex role, uh, taking a look at their loss that they had to the Ravens, four interceptions thrown by Brock Purdy. Just an awful, awful night. But Christian McCaffrey had over 100 yards. George Kittle had over 100 yards. Yuck had over 100 yards. Debo Samuel. So, I mean, I would say play Debo and play a Yuck. I mean, we got to just kind of watch and see how things go with Brock Purdy. But like I said, this is a game where they could sit him and let him rest and get better because he, you know, is on the injury report here. So it's important to get him healthy because you're going for a Super Bowl run. Washington is going for the number one pick or the top one something in the top three. So Brandon Ayuk, I kind of misspoke there on a three. I'd put him as a wide receiver safely as a two right now, depending on the quarterback situation. But I do think you should put Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they all have value to go out there because despite a game where they didn't score a ton of points, you know, you got three of those four guys getting over a hundred yards outside of Debo Samuel. So something to be said about that, even on a not great night scoring in fantasy, they did, a really good job. Sam Howell, uh, looking at him, uh, he won't start uh, week week 18 going into that. So uh, named week 17 starter, Jacoby Brissett's going to be taking over. Terry McLaurin, I mean, he still has value. He's proven that he can do it with any. I mean, he can get it done with anybody out there at quarterback. So I would say, Terry, you might want to flex Terry out, but I wouldn't be holding my breath on anybody with the Washington Commanders. Next up here, Carolina at Jacksonville, the battle of both teams that came in as new franchises in 1995. And it is the battle of uh, two of the last few and number one overall picks in the NFL draft. So you have Bryce Young, who is the number one overall pick of the 2023 NFL draft. And you have Trevor Lawrence, who is playing. Uh, here in, you know, you look at Trevor Lawrence and you look at his career in Jacksonville, the former number one pick by the Jaguars. Remember when the Jaguars had back-to-back number one picks? I do, because I'm a fan. And <laughs> I remember that day. Well, back in 2021, they drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall. In 2022, they drafted Trayvon Walker, who is a jack of all trades on defense, can play multiple roles. So this is a battle as long as they're able to go here. This is a battle of two of the last three number one overall picks in the NFL draft, both of them being quarterbacks, Carolina's Bryce Young and Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if if he is able to play in this game, Carolina, uh, Bryce Young, not feeling great about it. He did have a career best recently here in a loss. And based on how Jacksonville's defense has been playing, I wouldn't put it past him to have a pretty good day since a lot of people have been having some pretty good days against Jacksonville, which has been really unfortunate for the Jaguars who are trying to not only make the playoffs, but to look good as they step forward here. Uh, 33 to 30, Carolina lost at home to Green Bay, but not without giving them a, a heck of a lot of work ahead of a heck of a lot of work here on the field to make Green Bay earn the win on the road. Bryce Young, 23 of 36, two touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. DJ Shark Jr., who used to play for the Jaguars, had two touchdowns in the game most recently, and he'll be going up against his old team this week. He'll he'll have something to prove himself. So, I mean, Chuba Hubbard, 
I would say I, I, I'd probably put him as a running back too, based on how Jacksonville's defense has been playing. Adam Thielen, I put him as a wide receiver too. Tommy Tremble, the older brother of Jamie Tremble, who has signed on to join Syracuse in 2024. Uh, Tommy Tremble out there, taking a look at his recent numbers. He had six targets, four catches, 59 yards behind Adam Thielen and DJ Shark Jr. You got to play Shark. I mean, you do. He's playing Jacksonville, and he's going to have a lot that he wants to prove here. They know him. He knows them. So DJ Shark, I would put him. I'd probably flex him out. Adam Thielen, I'd look at. I'd put Adam Thielen more consistently. Yes, yeah. so i put him as a two. Shark is a three. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he has an AC joint shoulder issue. He's questionable to play. Uh, it makes me, I, I don't want to think about Garrett Trader in this instance, but it makes me think about Garrett Trader of Syracuse, you know, a guy who's got a shoulder injury and he's trying to play through it and it's not looking great and the team's not scoring. So, you know, I mean, I have Trevor downgraded here to a, well, I mean, they're playing Carolina. So I'm, I'm going to keep him as a QB1, but I don't have him as a high-end QB1. I'm just kind of mid-range QB1 if he's able to go. Travis Etienne Jr., I mean, looking back at the numbers here for Jacksonville most recently, as they have continued this just awful four-game losing streak skid, losing to the Buccaneers down, down the road from them in Florida, 30-12. Uh, to 12. Uh, looking at this, I mean, Trevor was 17-29, to 29, one touchdown, two picks, 211 yards. C.J. Beathard, who's played well as a backup, 11 for 15, 94 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Trevor was the leading rusher, four carries for 29 yards. Travis Etienne, six carries for 12 yards. Tampa shut him down. They only had 37 yards as a team, 2.8 yards per carry on 13 carries is just bleh. And Evan Engram led the way as far as uh, uh, receiving yards, 95 yards, 10 catches, 15 targets. Uh, Kelvin Ridley, and you look at that, again, backup quarterbacks go to the tight end. Trevor Lawrence, the starting quarterback, already trusts Evan and from what I could see over the season and last season. So there's been some good stuff there for them. Calvin Ridley had two touchdowns. Elijah Cooks got involved here, and, uh, and Travis Etienne caught all three targets that were thrown his way. So... Uh, Evan Engram did lose a fumble. Trevor fumbled twice, lost one of them. So Trevor was responsible for turning the ball over three times. The Jaguars turned the ball over four times in total. And it's very hard to win a game that you th turn the ball over more than three times, three or more times, I should say. So Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got to shore this up. I still have Trevor as a one, but, you know, it's because they're playing Carolina I have him as a mid-range one because he's not 100%, and this offense has been kind of abysmal. Uh, Travis Etienne Jr., I'd look for him to have a better day. I have him as a running back, too. Calvin Ridley, I have uh, worth putting out there. And then it's kind of a toss-up. A hamstring injury for Zay Jones. God willing, Zay will be better. Uh, Zay, always been terrific toward me. I covered him in college and professionally. Uh, love uh, the, the human being that he has been to me and the bond that we have. So a lot of respect for Zay. Hope he gets back on the field. He has a very strong faith in God. Would love to see him back out there. Uh, running wide receiver-wise outside of Calvin Ridley fantasy, I would just say Calvin Ridley at this point. And Evan Engram, I have him as a tight end one. Next game that we're going to be going to here is going to take us to Baltimore. Miami and Baltimore. This could be a preview of the AFC Championship game, could it not, folks? The Miami Dolphins, what did I tell you? At the preseason, I said, I'm picking the Bills to win the division. However, 
if Miami and the reason why I didn't want to outright pick Miami because I'm a little shaky about the Bills going into the season. And I'm still there, but Miami to me, it was is Tua going to be healthy? And when you're doing a preseason prediction and you have 17 games to play, and Tua has gone through different stuff over his career in college and professionally, it was hard for me to just outright say Miami. But I did say if he stays healthy. I can see Miami win is winning this division. Don't be surprised. And Miami right now is 11 and four, having a terrific season. Uh, Tua is definitely worth the play in this game. I know they're playing Baltimore on the road, but I still like Tua in the game. I Raheem Mostert, he is questionable with a shin injury. God willing, he's able to go. If he is, I got him as a two. If not, then a chain. I have him as a uh, running back too. If Raheem Mostert isn't able to go, Tyreek Hill is worth the play. Jalen. Uh, waddle while you work so he has an ankle injury he's questionable if he's okay to go then obviously i look at putting jalen waddle out there but i got tyree kill as a one and on the other side of it for the baltimore ravens lamar jackson yes he is worth the play uh, gus edwards justice hill they're all getting involved right keaton mitchell's now injured unfortunately he had an acl injury jk dobbins has an achilles injury uh, they've gone through injuries unfortunately in this predominantly, you know, run happy offense, they've had a lot of injuries in recent history. I don't know if they're going to hang on to J.K. Dobbins after this season, as he's shown up on the injury report uh, throughout his career. Keaton Mitchell, we'll see. I mean, he's been he's been a nice play for them to plug in and get some big moments. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he's a guy who's been a journeyman after being with the Chargers for a while. And, you know, Justice Hill's been on the team. Gus Edwards is old faithful. And, you know, I got Gus as a uh, flex out running back this week. I got Zay Flowers worth the play for you as well. Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews still out uh, with that ankle injury. Uh, could Well, actually, he could return this week. So just monitor that if he is going to return. I'm going to check the, the latest here on Mark Andrews. But Isaiah Likely is a really good guy to fill in in fantasy and reality. So I would definitely uh, pay attention to that. Mark Andrews, if he is able to go, then, you know, I would put him out there. But Isaiah Likely, I like him. I like him as a sneaky tight end. I think, I think you know, he's a mid-range tight end one right now if Mark Andrews doesn't go. So just watch that and uh, and see that as we get closer and closer. Tennessee at Houston. Another game that the Jaguars need to uh, get some help with. Hopefully, if they win, they don't have to worry about it. But Tennessee is playing Houston. Here's the interesting thing. Tennessee Titans are the former Houston Oilers, and the Houston Texans are a new franchise, kind of like the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens, and then Cleveland Browns came back. So, you know, it's like that. the original franchise is not the same. The Houston Oilers didn't become the Houston Texans, and the Cleveland Browns, didn't stay the Cleveland Browns. They became the Baltimore Ravens. So just kind of some interesting history here as Tennessee and Houston will face off against each other. So the old Houston Oilers will face the Houston Texans, which are the most recent team that was added to the NFL back in 2002. There hasn't been an expansion since then. Will Levis is questionable with an ankle injury. God willing, he'll be okay. If Ryan Tannehill has to go, people forget that he's done some good things. I mean, obviously this hasn't been a great season for him, but he has done some good things with the Tennessee Titans and had a resurgence of his career in, after coming from the Miami Dolphins. Derrick Henry, you know, I have him worth the play. Uh, Tajay Spears is getting some pubs, so you might want to flex him out. 
I want to look at the most recent game for the Tennessee Titans because Tennessee, I mean, they've they've had a struggle season for sure. And so, you know, looking at the Tennessee Titans and C.J. Beathard might end up playing in this game. I'm looking at some stuff here within division for the AFC South, you know, keeping with some of the Jacksonville stuff. So just continue to monitor that. Tennessee gave Seattle all they could, right? 20 to 17 gave, gave them a lot, I should say, uh, as the Seahawks won on the road 20 to 17. But, you know, Tannehill was 18 to 26, 152 yards. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. That was pretty cool. He also ran in a touchdown, 19 carries, 88 yards, 4.6 yards a carry. He also caught a pass, the only one that was thrown his way. So there's something to be said about that. DeAndre Hopkins, he's been up and down. He's playing Houston. So really, Derrick Henry is where I would go. Tajay Spears is what I would flex out. And then Aconquo as their tight end, he's been – you know, first touchdown of the season. So I still have him as a tight end too. He got some work in though, in this game, he had six catches on all caught all six targets, 63 yards up against Seattle. So, you know, I would say, you know, a Conquo, you could potentially sneak him out there, but I have him, let's say a low end one at tight end. I'd still put him as a Low end one, high end two, I guess is where I would put him here. It's, I mean, he's playing Tennessee, and it's it's not the worst bet you could have at, at tight end. I mean, if we look back, it was his first touchdown of the season, so that's something that I look to. If we look at his game log, he has 63. I'm going to go for most recent backward. 63, 36, 46, 62, 45, uh, 6, 27, 28, 23. So he's had his best games in the last five games, and – He's caught at least three balls in all those games. Four, so uh, most recently six, three, five, three, four. Not bad. So I would say, yeah, he's a mid-range tight end one right now. Uh, Houston, C.J. Stroud is questionable with a concussion. God willing, he'll be able to come back. Uh, Devin, Devin Singletary, if we go back and look at the Houston Texans here in their uh, most recent game, which was a loss to the Browns at home in Houston, 36-22. to 22. Uh, looking back at, at this game, Devin Singletary, 44 yards on the ground. Damian Pierce had six yards on the ground. Not great. Singletary caught all three balls thrown his way, though. Uh, I still like Singletary. They are playing Tennessee. Tennessee has some good defensive moments. I'd have Singletary maybe as a running back, too, in this one. Uh, he has had some moments this year. So uh, Damian Pierce scored on special teams. So I'd say Singletary probably safely as a three, maybe as a low end two. Uh, Nico Collins and Noah Brown, let's take a look at this. Noah Brown, uh, he had seven targets, caught three. Dalton Schultz got really involved recently here. 11 targets, caught eight, 61 yards. Uh, Those passes came from Mills and Keenum, both got involved in this game. Uh, Nico Collins caught four of the six thrown his way. Nico, I would flex out as a three or four wide receiver. Dalton Schultz, I'd put him as a... High to mid-range tight end one. I would say that, you know, actually, let me, I want to do, I want to take a look at something with Dalton Schultz. I don't know why Dallas let him go. I really don't. That's, that's my first thought on this. But yeah, I mean, his yardage has been good. 130, 71, 32, two was not great. 58 and 61 most recently. He's had two other games, at least 60 yards. So yeah, I would put Dalton Schultz as a tight end one. 
I'd put him, and he's not one of the top five, but you know, that I'd probably say mid range. I, I don't, I don't totally dislike the matchup that he has this week. So I could say that, that that could be a good thing for him. So we could take a look at that. And with that being said, we're going to take a step aside for a fast break. We'll hit our last four games when we come back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's Fantasy Football and Focus for NFL Week 17 of the 2023-24 season. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Head out to the Wildcat seven days a week. And for takeout and delivery from the Wildcat, call 315-487-2222. That's 315-487-2222. In these unique times, there are those in our community that give us a sense of normalcy and positivity. Pizza Man on 50 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville has been here for you for over 35 years and is here now. Call 315-638-1234 or order online at pizzamanbville.com to bring those familiar tastes into your home. And remember to come see our monthly on-site broadcasts centered around the community and our Baldwinsville Bees. Pizza Man in Baldwinsville. Any way you slice it, they are always here for you. Looking for your next ride? Look no further than Great Lakes Honda City, located on 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard in Liverpool, New York. Serving our community for decades, their new and pre-owned vast array of vehicles are available to you Monday through Saturday on site. To search from home, shop at GreatLakesHondaCity.com. Call 315-365-5576 to set up an appointment. That's 315-365-5576 for Great Lakes Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard in Liverpool, New York. Great cars, great people, Great Lakes. corporate purpose at Chick-fil-A is to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that's entrusted to us and to positively influence all those who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And what became increasingly clear from our success at Cicero is that people love Chick-fil-A. And also, I think we recognize that, you know, we had a great opportunity to grow the brand and grow our platform. I felt incredibly grateful when I was, you know, selected to be a Chick-fil-A operator. I think what it's meant for me, what I've come to realize on a very deep level is that this is a calling for me. It's not a career. It's not a job. The Lord called me to be a Chick-fil-A operator and to use these restaurants to glorify him and to positively influence other people. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Head to Chick-fil-A Clay on 3974 State Route 31 in Liverpool, New York. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life. Appreciate you being here every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And we are always happy to be here with you and happy to have all of our incredible partners. Big time shout out to my brother, Mr. Jimmer Sikowski, uh, part of my family in such a huge way. And I love him dearly. Please continue to pray for him and his family. And I appreciate all those prayers as always. I know they do too. Getting back into our matchups here, Pittsburgh at Seattle. Here's an interesting matchup. Pitt has not been a fun team. 
to watch in Pittsburgh this year. They have just not been fun at all to watch in Pittsburgh. Take a look at this. So they lost to the Texans at home. They lost to the Browns at home. They lost to the Colts at home. And I'm trying to I'm trying to see some of the stuff here. Oh, pardon me. That was on the road. I definitely did that wrong. They lost to the 49. <laughs> I was looking at it backwards. They lost to the 49ers at home. They beat the Browns. Okay. Then they beat the Ravens at home, which was huge. They lost to the Jaguars at home. Then they they beat the Titans at home. They beat the Packers. They lost to the Cardinals at home. They lost to the Patriots at home. They just, though, beat the Bengals at home 34-11. to The Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-7, and seven, right? They're still alive, and that's been huge. Now, Baltimore's 12-3, and three, and Cleveland is 10-5. and five. So, you know, there's, there's definitely something to be said about that. And Cleveland, again, an incredible story with Cleveland. An incredible story with Cleveland. Because the Cleveland Browns are just winning playing a bunch of different quarterbacks, trying to figure things out as they go, but they've been doing a tremendous job of doing it. And I think that they're one of the stories that really needs to be highlighted and spoken about. And I'm happy to do it here on the show. You know, I mean, the, the Cleveland Browns are one of the best stories of the NFL this season. Well, everybody, you know, well, we hear people talk about San Francisco and Philadelphia and Dallas and Detroit and, you know, how's Jacksonville doing and will they be able to do this and Baltimore this and Pittsburgh? The Cleveland Browns have been a team that I think has still somewhat flown under the radar and they've done a tremendous job. They're 10 and five folks. They're 10 and five. I mean, this, this is a team that's got double digit victories playing without their starting quarterback at times this season and Joe Flacco coming in, right? You talk about Justin Pugh talk about straight off the couch. I mean, look at Joe Flacco and coming in and playing the way that he's played. The Cleveland's in the playoffs right now. They're the number five seed in the playoffs right now. They're the top wild card team of three wild card AFC teams. If it started today, they are in. They're in over Buffalo. They're in over Indy. They're in over Houston, Pitt, Cincinnati, Vegas, Denver. Everybody else is eliminated after that. The Jets are eliminated. Six and nine, though. Better record than I think people thought they were going to have when Aaron Rodgers went down five seconds into the season. Tennessee Titans are out. <clears throat> they've they've had they've had a very poor season. The Chargers have had a terrible season. And the Patriots got worse. A couple of years removed from Tom Brady. So Seattle on the other side of things here. Seattle's in the playoffs if it started today. They're the number seven seed, the seventh and final seed in the NFC. They're ahead of Minnesota. They're ahead of Atlanta. They're ahead of Green Bay, New Orleans. All these teams are alive. Now, keep in mind, Seattle is eight and seven. The Chargers are eight and seven. They win the tiebreaker over Seattle based on head to head win percentage. So the Rams, or I might have said the Chargers, the Rams are eight and seven. They have the tiebreaker head to head over Seattle in win percentage. So they're eight and seven. Seattle's eight and seven. And then very close to them, Minnesota, Atlanta, Green Bay, New Orleans are all seven and eight. And Chicago, believe it or not, is still in the playoff hunt at six and nine. Still in the hunt. The best that they can be is eight and nine. But they're still alive. Still alive. Seattle's in it if it started today. Pittsburgh uh, is number nine. So Pittsburgh is two out of the playoffs. Imagine if the AFC North got three teams in the playoffs. 
and one of those is Cleveland. Crazy. So ankle injury to Kenny Pickett might mean that we're going to see Mason Rudolph again. So uh, Najee Harris, I want to look at at the most recent Pittsburgh Steeler game here. The win 34 to 11 at home over the Cincinnati Bungles. Winning that game at home, like I said, Pittsburgh hasn't looked very pretty at home this season. It hasn't been uh, it hasn't been home sweet home. It's been home kind of up and down home, kind of subpar home, kind of seesaw home type of season for the for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. But when we look at uh, how they've done most recently here, Rudolph was 17 to 27. And I love saying that because it's Christmas time. So Rudolph, 17 to 27, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 290 yards. Najee had a touchdown on the ground, 19 carries, 78 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Calvin Austin had a rushing touchdown for seven yards. The wide receiver, Kevin Austin, the third that I covered at Memphis. George Pickens, look at him. Two touchdowns with Mason Rudolph on four catches, 195 yards. Man was cooking in this game, and every quarterback's got their guy. Well, George Pickens seems to be the guy of both quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. So in this game, Najee Harris, I have him as a running back, too. They're at Seattle. I have uh, George Pickens as a wide receiver, too. I have Deontay Johnson behind him. He's probably a wide receiver, three. Allen Robinson, I would have as a low end two, high end three above Deontay, but I have George Pickens as somebody you should put out there. And then Pat Fryermuth, I love the Muth. Uh, Muth, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see some some action for Muth. He goes up and down and around the corner, so I have him as a tight end two. Uh, Geno Smith, let's look at Geno and uh, Geno as of recently here. Now remember, Drew Locke was out there for a bit. Here and then uh, Gino got the victory 20 to 17 on the road against Tennessee. 25 of 36, two touchdowns, no picks, 227 yards, and uh, not too shabby, right? Uh, Tyler Lockett had 81 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba had 61. DK had 56 and a touchdown. Colby Parkinson had, uh, had a touchdown as well in this game. The tight end, uh, Seattle uses about 18 tight ends, so they use three. But it's, uh, you get my drift here. It's called it's called sarcasm. Look it up if you don't know what it means. So Gino, I have him. I have him as a quarterback too in this matchup. Kenneth Walker the third and Zach, give me some of that Charbonnet. You know, put that Charbonnet on the rocks for me, why don't you? But uh, he had negative yardage. Talk about being on the rocks recently here. Just not good at all. Two carries for zero yards. That's fun. And uh, Kenneth Walker, not not great, 16 for 54, 3.4 yards a carry. I do think that Kenneth Walker is a running back two this week. I think DK and Tyler Lockett are worth the play. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I have him as a good flex out for you because he's getting involved here as a rookie. So I, I don't see why you shouldn't put him out there for you as this season rolls on. The 2023 first round, number 20th overall pick out of OHIO State. So I'd put him out there. And uh, Alex said to me, I'm in the fantasy championship. Choose one quarterback I should start this week. Flacco, Love, Browning, or Stroud? Hmm. Interesting question, Alex. Alex, by the way, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do it while you're hanging out with us here on our Wake Up Call DT YouTube channel. 
So make sure you do that and let us know where you hail from, Alex. So would love to know where you're from. I just had like a gong go off here in the studio by total accident. That's what happens when you hit your ring against things. So make sure to subscribe. I could have been like, I did it on purpose because it was perfectly timed. I was like, Alex, let us know where you came from. Gong. <laughs> so, but make sure to subscribe and let us let us know where you're from so we can give you a little shout out here, Alex. But uh, you're in the fantasy championship. Who should you start? Flacco, who I already spoke highly of. Uh, Cleveland is playing the Jets on Thursday. The only problem with that is if he doesn't play well, that's the early game and you kind of just have to sit and live with it, right? So that's the tough part. On Thursday night football, when you play somebody, it could work out really good. Or you could be like, darn it, look at me sitting here with no quarterback for the rest of the weekend. So uh, Joe Flacco. Okay, so we got Flacco. Uh, Who else we got here? Love, Jordan Love, Green Bay is playing Minnesota. I don't know if I feel good about that. Uh, Browning against Kansas City. Browning's been good, man. He's seven. What was it? First three games, 70% completion percentage. CJ Stroud's coming out of concussion protocol. I mean, if I had to pick right now, let me let me take a look at one thing that might change my mind. But I know who I want to say. This is and the thing is, is we're talking about a bunch of backups, right? Jordan Love was a backup. Browning is a backup that's starting this season with Joe Burrow out. Joe Flacco is a backup that was put onto the team after Deshaun Watson went out and they tried some different things. So we're talking about all these backups. C.J. Stroud is the only starter, but C.J. Stroud is coming through concussion protocol. So let me take a look at something here, like I said, that might change my mind. Jordan Love. He has 27 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He has had two or more touchdowns in six of the last seven weeks. He had two touchdowns, two picks against Pitt, two two touchdowns, no interceptions against the Chargers, 3-0 Detroit, 3-0 against Kansas City, 1-1, one touchdown, one interception against the Giants, 2-0 against Tampa, 2-0 against Carolina. So he's minimizing those mistakes too. And Jordan Love is playing Minnesota. Let's look at the last time they played Minnesota. They lost 24 to 10 at home. Jordan Love had one touchdown, one interception, 24 of 41, 229 yards. He also ran for 34 yards on four carries. So, I mean, the problem is they're playing on the road at Minnesota. That's my concern. Or else I would say Jordan Love. I love the question because it's making me think. I mean, knee-jerk reaction is Joe Flacco. Looking it all up here now, I'm leaning toward Jordan Love. But at the same time, you know, because the Bengals struggled recently too with Jake Browning. He had three interceptions. See, that's what makes it hard is like I'm not and his consistency is not as great. However, they did beat Minnesota in overtime. Cincinnati did with Jake Browning, two touchdowns, one interception. I mean, ultimately, Alex, and like I said, make sure to subscribe and let us know where you hail from so I can give you a shout out. I'm gonna say to Mr. Alex here, 
I'm going to say love. I'm going to say love, then Flacco, then, yeah, I'm going to say love, then Flacco, then Browning, if Stroud isn't able to go. If Stroud is able to go, it's coming out of the concussion protocol, though. I probably feel the best about love. So, Alex, to answer your question, I'd probably say Jordan Love, right? Heading into the new year, go with love. I mean that figuratively and literally. So that's what I got for you. Next game up here, the Chargers. Thanks for the question. Chargers at the Broncos. Let's go to the Chargers first here, and then we'll go to the Broncos, as we always do the road team first. The Los Angeles Chargers have been just awful. Will Greer found a home, though, the former Florida quarterback. Happy that he found a home. He used to be in Carolina, and now they just – keep drafting quarterbacks over these last couple of years. He's behind Easton Stick now. Easton Stick was drafted a few years ago to the Chargers and has remained on the Chargers. So, I mean, Los Angeles just just not – they're not looking good. They weren't looking good with Justin Herbert, which is crazy because, you know, Herbie's got some good things out there, but they have lost three games in a row. However, the Chargers barely lost to the Bills. It was 24-22 that they lost this game. Buffalo is just that team that makes you cringe, right? Because you know that they have talent and you know that they should be good, but darn it, do they leave their fans just constantly in flux. And so, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't a terrible game for the Chargers. Uh, you know, Easton Stick, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 23 of 33, though. Eckler had 65 yards on the ground. Easton Stick ran the ball seven times, had a 21-yard run, 25 yards overall, so most of that came from that 21-yard run and a touchdown. Uh, Josh Palmer, every quarterback has their guy. Josh Palmer's not the number one guy, but neither is Easton Stick. Easton Stick comes out, and the number three guy in Los Angeles becomes the number one guy in receiving yards and uh, is targeted as many times as Gerald Everett, who's the tight end, and I normally... So think about it. What do I always tell you? Every quarterback has their guy, so when a backup comes in, Look to some of those guys that are down on a little bit farther on the depth chart that might get involved, like a Josh Palmer, and they always go to their – and I said they typically go to their tight end and their running back, and Gerald Everett had eight targets, and Josh Palmer had eight targets. So Easton Stick, proving my point here for you to pay attention to. I uh, definitely trying to help you out as best I can. As far as this game goes, Keenan Allen, he's questionable with the heel injury still, as I had mentioned before. Austin Eckler is the only guy that I trust in this one to put out there. Uh, comfortably, I put him as a two. And Gerald Everett, he's playing Denver's defense. I'm going to put Gerald Everett as a mid-range tight end one. I'm going to say Eckler is a running back two in this game. On the other side of it, for the Denver Broncos, they are a team that is playing better than than I think a lot of people anticipated. They're seven and eight. They're not out of the playoff hunt. They have won two of their last five games. They did lose two in a row. They just lost to the Patriots, which was a bad loss, 26-23. Came down to a last-second field goal. Russ the bus, 25 of 37, 238 yards, but the bus pulled in a little bit premature to the station. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, but no victory here. Jaleel McLaughlin had six six carries for 37 yards. Jaleel is a rookie running back out of Youngstown State. How about? Rookie running back out of Youngstown State. 
Uh, Javante Williams, 11 carries, had a touchdown, 24 yards, 2.2 yards a carry was just, that's not good. Marvin Mims Jr., 63 yards on three catches, four targets. Brandon Johnson was targeted five times, caught three of those. Jerry Judy was targeted five times, caught three of those. Jaleel out of the backfield, this rookie running back out of Youngstown State, five targets, four catches, so got involved there too. Lucas Null had a touchdown. So all these non-household names getting involved as a Russell Wilson's working the ball around. Brandon Johnson, a wide receiver in his second season out of UCF. Shout out to my buddy Jason Lucas. And, Lu- and speaking of Lucas, Lucas Null, look at him. He is in his first season, a rookie out of Pitt. Or Krull, pardon me, I said Null. Uh, rookie uh, Lucas Krull, uh, tight end for the Denver Broncos. So he's getting involved too. I mean, on the Broncos side of things, do I feel great about playing uh, Russell Wilson in this? No, I probably still have him as a quarterback too. Javante Williams I have as a running back three. Cortland Sutton is questionable coming out of concussion stuff. Hopefully he'll be okay. Marvin Mims and Jerry Judy are worth the flex out for you. I put either one of them at probably a three at, at wide receiver. Krull had his touchdown. Crotman, or Trotman, pardon me, Adam Trotman, has never been the guy to really rely on. So I would say Javante as a flex out running back, Judy and Marvin Mims as a flex out, Brandon Johnson, if you've got to go deep in your wide receiver, your waiver wire, your free agency, maybe you go to Brandon Johnson. But, I mean, none of these guys are ones. A lot of them are flexes because Denver's been flexing a little bit this season as a team, but it's been hard for me to put one of their players above a flex position into a one or a two at wide receiver or running back or tight end because it's inconsistent. They've been finding ways to score points, but it's not that anyone's been overly dominant, not even Javante Williams with Jaleel doing what he did. Now, McLaughlin with two weeks to go, and you know you may be playing in your championship game right now for, you know, I, I know that our championship games for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Leagues, the two in Central New York that are at the Wildcat Sports Pub, the one that we have down in Florida at Hooters and in Orlando, on I drive. And then, you know, our Marywood league, all of those are playing their championships this week. So do I want you to have to rely on a Bronco in your championship? No, that's why I said flex them out. That's what I would kind of look to. Uh, final couple games here, Cincinnati at Kansas city, Cincinnati folks, let's get into Cincinnati. They haven't been a bad team either, right? Cincinnati's eight and seven. How about it? I mean, look at the way that things are right now in these standings. Look at the AFC North. The worst team has a winning record. You can't say that about any other division in the NFL right now. The worst team has a winning record. The AFC North, Baltimore's in the playoffs at 12 and 3. Cleveland's in the playoffs if it started today at 10 and 5. Pitt and and Cincinnati are fighting for playoff spots at eight and seven. And they're both playing backup quarterbacks. Let's go to Cincinnati first. Jake Browning, he's playing up against Kansas City. Well, I mean, Jake is not a bad quarterback to play. And Kansas City's defense is the thing that they had to lean on because they've struggled to score points this season, but their defense hasn't been that great. Kansas City has been 
rolling their way down here. If Jacksonville had continued to win, Kansas City would be fourth in the AFC right now. And Kansas City is being aided by the fact that not everybody's winning. However, hold up, wait up. You know, Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos are both seven and eight. So Kansas City is not safe in any way, shape, or form. And they're not safe from playing a Cincinnati team that's been pretty darn good. So my how the mighty have fallen. What did I tell you at the beginning of October? I told you Kansas City is not really scoring that many points. And if they're going to score around 20 points or less, they're going to get beat. They were vulnerable in a lot of games this season. They were vulnerable to the Jets. They were vulnerable to Jacksonville. I was at that game. They were vulnerable to Denver the first time around, and two weeks later, Denver beat them. I said in early October, at the early portion of this season, the Kansas City Chiefs, if they keep playing like this, that's a vulnerable team. If they're relying on their defense and their offense isn't scoring that much, they're in trouble, and they've been in trouble. And now they got Jake Browning coming in, and Jake Browning's been pretty darn good at quarterback. Not too shabby at all. Now, recently, he threw three interceptions, so I know that that's not great. But he's gotten guys involved. T. Higgins, 140 yards most recently in that loss. 11 points for Cincy, but he had 140 yards, five catches on eight targets, and one of those being a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, five catches on seven targets, 59 yards. So he got involved, too. Drew Mixon caught a couple out of the backfield. He's moving the ball. And Kansas City's defense isn't great, and Kansas City's offense isn't great. So I got Jake Browning as a mid-range QB1. I got Joe Mixon as worth the play. Jamar Chase, oh, he's got the AC joint. He's questionable. So let me go back to who did I answer the question for, Dristin? Dristin, monitor Jamar Chase, but Debo I feel good about. Gabe Davis is a flex, but monitor Jamar and make sure Jamar is playing. So Dristin, if you're still listening, monitor Jamar. I didn't I didn't look at that current sta- status here that he has that he's questionable here with this AC joint for his shoulder. So just monitor that. Don't outright play him. And you feel free to come back to me, write into me, dtstays at gmail.com if you have any questions from here to Dristin or anybody that's out there that has a fantasy question. So hopefully, Dristin, you're still listening and you heard me on that. T. Higgins is worth the play in this game. So is Tyler Boyd as probably a wide receiver three. Patty Mahomes on the other side of this one. I mean, again, their offense is struggling. You know, maybe not having Tyreek Hill is finally setting in. I mean, they lost to the Raiders at home in Kansas City 20 to 14. By the way, the Raiders gave them hell last year, too. 24, 27 to 44, pardon me, 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception for Pat Mahomes in this recent game. He was a leading rusher, 53 yards on 10 carries. Isaiah Pacheco had a touchdown, 11 carries, 26 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had four carries for six yards, which was gross, but he caught the ball, all three targets thrown his way for 42 yards. That was good. Uh, Justin Watson got involved again with a touchdown, the only touchdown that Pat Mahomes threw in the game. Rasheed Rice had 57 yards. Richie James had 54. Travis Kelsey had 44. 12 targets to Rasheed Rice, only seven to Kelsey. So I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. 
keep their playoff hopes alive. Pat Mahomes, is he worth the play? Yeah, I have him a mid-range quarterback one. Not as a top, 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 top QB one. I got him as a mid-range. Rasheed Rice, I have as a flex out. Justin Watson, I have as a flex four. Rasheed Rice, I have as a wide receiver three. Travis Kelsey, I have still as a tight end one. Isaiah Pacheco is questionable with concussion. Clyde Edwards-Alaire can go out there again and see if his role goes up again. I have him as a flex out running back three. Final game, Green Bay at Minnesota. Let's go Green Bay at Lake Minnetonka. So Green Bay at Minnesota. I think Jordan Love in this game is worth the play. I got him as a mid-range one. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both back. That's good stuff. So I got Aaron Jones is worth the play. A.J. Dillon is worth the flex out as a three. Christian Watson's questionable with a hamstring injury. That and the groin injury, not great when it comes to wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Not good in any situation, but especially for those positions in fantasy. Romeo Dubs could get some pub in this one, so I got him as a flex out three. Tucker Craft. Let's take a look at Tucker Craft. So Tucker Craft, most recently here, in the win over the Panthers, uh, Tucker Craft had four catches on six targets, 60 yards. Not bad. Romeo Dubs, four catches on five targets, 79 yards, and a touchdown. So Bo Melton, love that name. Wide receiver, Bo, first season out of Rutgers. He was a seventh, well, first season with the team, I guess. Oh, no, he's had one season of experience. Pardon me. This is his second season. He was a seventh-round pick, 229 overall by Seattle in 2022 out of Rutgers. Four catches, six targets, 44 yards. Not bad. Dontavian Wicks, who I have his rookie card. He had a touchdown, two catches. One of them was for a touchdown. 29 yards from Jordan Love. So I would say Tucker Craft in this game. I got him as a tight end one. I got Dubs as a wide receiver three. I got Jones as a one at running back. Dylan as a three. Jordan Love is a mid-range one. On the other side of it, Nick Mullins is out here doing his thing. Ty Chandler, mm, I don't feel good about any of these guys. I like Justin Jefferson, obviously, but I don't like the situation that he's in right now. Minnesota recently lost to the Lions 30-24. to Nick Mullins was 22 at 36, 411 yards, two touchdowns, but four interceptions in the game. Ty Chandler had 17 uh, run, 17 yards on 18, eight carries. Pardon, let me try this again. He had eight carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson had 141 yards and Nick Mullins and a touchdown. KJ Osborne out of Miami played at the University of Buffalo before that. He's been on the show, 95 yards. Five catches, seven targets, one touchdown. By the way, Justin Jefferson was targeted 10 times, caught six for 141. TJ Hawkinson caught four of the four thrown his way for 58 yards. So Nick Mullins still going to the uh, dominant players here and KJ Osborne getting some publicity here, getting some time as the ankle injury to Jordan Addison. So hopefully Jordan will be okay, God willing. Jordan's also been on the show. But uh, yeah, like Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver one and... K.J. Osborne is a potential flex out. That's really all I see in Green Bay. So with that being said, that's your fantasy football advice for advice for fantasy football and focus. NFL Week 17, 2023-24 season. 
proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Head out there every single day of the week, including to watch all of these games. For many of you that are in your fantasy football championship, I look forward to seeing you out there. 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. For takeout and delivery, call 315-487-2222. With that being said, big time thanks in our first hour of our broadcast to Jeff Lonzak, the LeMoyne Dolphins men's and women's tennis head coach, for joining me for the Dolphin Dive this morning. And a big time shout out to the newest addition of their family, Piper, their half Pekingese, half Chihuahua, that's only a pound right now, could be seven to nine pounds, and their their little black pup. And a big time shout out to Piper. Welcome to the family. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Piper and to the fam. Caleb Okachuku joining me on the show with nothing off the table. Great conversation with the Syracuse Orange defensive end who's now entering the 2024 NFL draft. After looking at the opportunity of potentially coming back to Syracuse. So appreciate Caleb as well. And a big time shout out to the Wildcat Sports Pub for all that they do and for being our proud partner of fantasy football advice all throughout the many years here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and our proud home of our West Genesee show that we do all throughout the year at the Wildcat Sports Pub with West Genesee High School and the Wildcats right over the hill. With that being said, thanks for watching and listening on youtube.com and facebook.com, both backslash Wake Up Call DT and for being with us on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. And once we go live, jumping into the archive, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser.com, Podvine, Spotify, TuneIn, and YouTube. All you got to do is search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, or one word, Wake Up Call DT, to find me on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Make sure that you find us, download us, save us, and keep us forever as it will update for you on all your devices. And a big time shout out to our incredible partners in Central and Upstate New York, Carvel DeWitt, Mon Paz Kettle Corner Popcorn Factory, the Wildcat Sports Pub, GG Cards and Breaks, Chick-fil-A Cicero and Chick-fil-A Clay, PB&J's Lunchbox, Canine Camp Dog Daycare, Avicoli's Canine Campground Dog Boarding, Pizza Man, Great Lakes Honda City, Mother's Cupboard, North Star Nutrition, Nutrition Wave, and of course, the proud exclusive multimedia marketing partner of York. LeMoyne College Dolphins, it spins up every single month on Wake Up Call. AD and DT coming to you the first and third Wednesday of each month. And second and fourth Wednesday, you'll find the Dolphin Dive, diving into stories of student-athletes, coaches, administration, future Dolphins, and alumni. AD and DT brings you Athletics Director Bob Beretta throughout the year and myself, Dan Tortora. For all of our coverage with the Dolphins, exclusive, if it comes through LeMoyne, it comes through Wake Up Call first and through Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. You can find all of our coverage on our YouTube channel by subscribing to youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Hit the notification bell and check out our LeMoyne playlist on our YouTube channel. And of course, you can find them on the exclusive partners tab on wakeupcalldt.com. For more information, go to lemoyndolphins.com. Support them in the fields, courts, and pools of life. And as always, fins up.
The Brian and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse are exclusive multimedia marketing partners with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You will find your Bobcats every single month here on Wake Up Call. We have national champions that are right here on James Street in Syracuse with men's and women's soccer. We have teams that have vied for a national championship with men's and women's basketball. We have an upstart program that had its inaugural season last year for the baseball team. And we have eSports that is being reimagined here with the Bobcats. So a lot of great stuff coming up. Support them on the court for men's and women's basketball as they continue their seasons in the new year. A lot of great stuff coming up with Clay Gagan Sherman and the men's basketball team and Tay Baker and the women's basketball team. Love everything we get to do with the Bobcats. The Bobcat buzz can be found by subscribing to youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And of course, hit the notification bell. Check out our BSC Syracuse playlist for all of our Bobcat content on YouTube. You can also find them under the exclusive partners tab on wakeupcalldt.com for more information. Go to syracuse.bscbobcats.com, and as always, go Bobcats. With that being said here on the show, again, thanks to Jeff, thanks to Caleb, and of course, thanks to the Wildcat Sports Pub for joining us for Fantasy Football. Thank you to all of you for watching and listening in Central and Upstate New York, up and down the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and all around the world. I cannot thank you enough. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening in the air as well. Some of you have listened 30,000 feet in the air. Shout out Kevin Gagan. Find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, X at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. And as I always leave you with, God bless, no stress, do your best. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to talking with you soon.